I'm a little bit under the weather today, but I'm not using that as an excuse because uh, too often it's easy to say, I don't feel good, I'm not coming to church. Well, here's the deal. I don't feel good, and I came to church, and I'm going to be yelling at you for the next hour and a half. So, no, I'm just playing. Um, my, my plan is today is to go over, uh, is to hit on a, a couple different topics. Uh, one, one main topic, but uh, to hit on two aspects of this main topic, my, my, my goal is that. And, and just like over the last few weeks if we, as we've been going through the armor of God, if we make it to that goal, fantastic, but if not, we'll pick up next week, uh, depending upon how, uh, how, how long the Theraflu lasts in me that uh, my wife made me take this morning. So, um, anywho, that's just a little precursor to what's going to happen. What is today? Anybody tell me? September 11th. 15 years ago. All right? What were you doing? I mean, you don't have to tell me, but just think about what, what is it that you were doing on September 11th? I know what I was doing. I was sleeping. And ogres like look at me like yeah shocking. No, I, I was I was in the Marine Corps. I was uh, on night crew at the time, so I worked all night. Came home. Shan and I were in bed, um, and she was uh, what would that be about six months pregnant or so, six seven months pregnant with Haley, uh, laying in bed. Get a phone call. Uh, turn on the TV. They're bombing us. Click. That 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 was it. I'm like. Either this is real or this is a very sick prank call. So turn on the TV, and lo and behold, uh, I mean, it wasn't just a few minutes after we turned on TV, TV we saw the, the second plane hit the, you know, the South Tower. So um, it was just you know, a, a memorable moment. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to stress is when we think about 9-11, most people tend to think about the, the World Trade Center and the, and the Twin Towers but intend to forget about um, the Pentagon and also forget about the field in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, there were uh, a lot of people who lost their lives. And um, I, I was sitting last night uh, on, on the bed and um, talking to Gabe. And I was just talking to him, and I said, buddy, do you know what tomorrow is? And he said, Sunday? Yes, sir, it is Sunday. Um, but do you know what it, what it is? I mean, he's eight years old. He has no idea of, of what happened. So um, I, I showed him a little video of what took place. I mean, just to kind of give him a, a visual. I wasn't trying to freak him out or anything. Um, and to note, his nightmare was about sharks. It was not about planes. <laughs> <laughs> he had a nightmare last night about sharks eating him. Um, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't about planes in, in any building. So I don't know where he got the shark thing. So you cannot, you can't put that on me, darling. Um, but he asked, he, he asked the, this question. He's like, well, why'd they do it? That's a really good question. Why did they do it? Why did the bad people, as he said, why did they do it? I said, I, I don't have a, a clear answer, but um, it, it comes, goes back to uh, what they believe. So um, what, what I want to do is I want to remember uh, the, the people that, um, th their lives were taken. Uh, I know that, I don't know, I should say, if anybody in here had family members or maybe distant relatives, whatever, friends that were involved in that. Um, but uh, when I want to, I just want to pray and ask God to continually be with those families. I know it's 15 years removed, but um, something significant happened on that day that um, changed uh, the course of the world, really. Um, on many different levels. So uh, as I pray, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to ask that, that you just uh, pray as well for, maybe you don't know who it is, but just pray that, that, that God continues to uh, wrap his arms around um, those families. Our Father God in heaven, uh, God, we thank you. Lord, we, we love you. Uh, God, we know that um, you say in your word that uh, for those who love God, all things uh, work together for your good, for your purpose, God. Sometimes we don't know what that is. Uh, Lord, we're not going to stand here or seem to sit here and say we've got it all figured out and we know why this happened. Um, we don't, but God, you do. And you're still in control. 
Um, even when the bad stuff that goes on around our lives, you're still in control. Uh, God, I, I pray that uh, you continually be with the families of uh, the, those that, that lost uh, loved ones and friends um, in uh, the, the tragedy that happened 15 years ago. Um, God, we know that um, events are real, and events change realities of, of lives. Um, and and I, I, I pray that the, the events that, that take place in our lives, that, that we can remember um, why it is that you've put us here, uh, the purpose that we have, uh, the, the, um, the need to, to be obedient to you. And God, as we open your word here um, in, in a minute, that, that we uh, just learn a truth from you uh, that, that uh, just supersedes any evil, any uh, nastiness that's going on in, in the world, that, that you are still in control. Uh, even if we don't understand, you are still sitting on the throne. Uh, God, um, we ask that you... Uh, uh, continually just, just keep us in your hand. Um, when we want to, to stray, that, that you just uh, make us you know, sit up straight and pay attention. Um, but uh, God, that, that we uh, are obedient to you. Uh, Lord, we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's, uh, in, in remembering of 9-11, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, one of my favorite songs, I guess, from this would be Alan Jackson's song. So just uh, let's remember as we watch. Just stay home and cling tight to your family 
Thank God you had somebody to love I'm just a singer of simple songs I'm not a real political man I watch CNN But I'm not sure I can tell you The difference in our rock and our man But I know Jesus and I talk to God And I remember this from when I was young everybody can uh, probably remember where they were. Um, there was an article that was written a couple years after 9-11 happened, and it says in this article, it was written in 2000, 2003, it says at first it looked like 9-11 was having an enormous spiritual impact. Atheists, seekers, lapsed Catholics, secular Jews, and seemingly everyone else poured into churches and synagogues. The evangelist Franklin Graham predicted that Americans were committing themselves to God in an enduring way. And Pat Robertson predicted one of the greatest spiritual revivals in the history of America. So, right off the bat, what we've seen when 9-11 happened was this huge influx of people flocking to churches. Uh, Because when tragedy strikes, people want answers. When tragedy strikes, uh, there, there's, a, there's a saying that, that's in the, uh, the, the military um, that there's no atheists in a foxhole. Uh, being in the Marine Corps, we know that there's no such thing as a foxhole. It's a fighting hole because uh, you go into a foxhole to hide. But there's no such thing as an atheist in a fighting hole either. When, when, when the stuff hits the fan, people turn to something. And, I, and hear me out when I say this. What they're, they're turning to is that they're, they're turning to um, a, a higher being. Now, 95%, 95, this is a staggered, staggering statistic, but according to the Barna poll, which are very um, uh, uh, reliable polls, 95% of Americans believe in God or a higher power. 95%. So when, when we have the, the, the notion to, to think of, um, well, the, the atheists that are out in the world that are, are, are uh, making things hard for us or, or making life miserable, it's not the 5%. It's the 95% that has the majority. I mean, I'm not a mathematician. I, I like what uh, uh, Alan Jackson there. I'm going to steal that. I, you know, I'm just a, a simple man. So I, I'm not uh, a, a, a politician or a political man. I'm just a simple preacher that's, that, that uh, preaches simple truths. But I can look at statistics like that. 95% of Americans say that they believe in God um, and say, then what's going on? What's happening? What's happening with, with, with our nation? I'm not going to get out on, on that uh, you know, that, uh, that, that limb or, or that rabbit trail. Um, but what I want us to understand is when 9-11 happened, people went to find something. They went to find answers to what it is that, that happened. Here, we, we, it says that there was this huge influx. And then, this article goes on to say, then the flood of new worshipers receded. Church attendance went back to normal. And polls began to indicate that people were no more likely to pray, 
read their Bible, or attend worship services than before. Nine out of ten Americans reported that 9-11 had no lasting impact on their faith. Just two years removed. Two years removed from this tragedy. that We saw this big, huge um, influx. And then all of a sudden, within two years, it, everything's back to, to normal. So, so I would say, like, w- w- what does it take? What has got to happen for people to, to really live out their faith? And I think that that's what, what, what we, need to, um, we need to ask ourselves. Uh, and this isn't a, you know, I'm trying to make everybody feel bad. No, this is like, what do we need to do as the body of Christ? We're the church. We are the place where people came on 9-11. This is because they, they, they knew that there, there was something that, about, um, that there's this higher power that exists. And the place in which I can learn about this higher power is the church. So people came. Granted, I wasn't, I wasn't here at that time. I, I don't know what happened in this building. But I, I'm sure that it was like every other church across the, the, the nation. Numbers were up. Things, and we're thinking, oh, revival is going to happen. But within two years, things are back to, back to normal. The Bible starts out, in the beginning, God. Like I said, 95% of Americans would say, yeah, I believe that. In the beginning, God, and, but, they, but they stop. There, there's a tendency to stop with that. Just a, and, and hear me when I say this, just a belief in a, a, in a God is not enough. 95% of people believe that there is a God. But what kind of God do they believe in? Well, before we get into that, I, I want to I talk about belief. What belief is truly Belief. I mean, let, let, let's get back to the, 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 the core issues that are, are, are taking uh, root here. What sparked 9-11 was a belief by um, a, another religion, by Islam, an extreme sect of Islam that said, okay, we got to go and we got to uh, engage in jihad, holy war, so we can get into heaven. So they, the, their belief propelled them to do what it is that they were doing. I, I couldn't explain that to uh, Gabriel that way because he just wouldn't get it. He wouldn't understand. He couldn't, you know, couldn't pilot that. But what we have to understand is we have to then ask ourselves, what, do we, what is it that we truly believe? When does a belief become a true belief? And, and I say this, and, and let's, let, let's kind of define terms a little bit. True belief versus false, or false belief. Uh, a true belief is trust, faith, confidence in something. It's, it's not just saying, yeah, I believe that. No, there's a trust, there's a faith, there's a confidence in that in which you believe. A, a false belief is when things don't benefit you, your belief changes. I, uh, I think that there's a lot of people that, and I'm going to use the air quotes, okay? So there's a lot of people that believe a lot of things. And you all know those people in your lives. They believe a lot of things. But when you ask them about their belief, they cannot describe or explain their belief. Now, I I get it. You know, faith, can you describe or or explain faith? Um, To some extent, no, you cannot. I I understand that. But when people say, well, I believe this, and you say, why do you believe it? I don't know, just because that's what I was always told. Is that really a belief, or is that just kind of adapting to your surroundings? Um, I think a a good litmus test for our beliefs, for what it is that we believe, is when our beliefs come into contact with um, personal experience, what happens? Uh, A funny story um, that happened to to me. Uh, We were driving down the road, and I almost peed my pants. I was laughing so hard. My wife and, and Haley were, were uh, like, this dude's nuts. So, but it has to, it's a perfect illustration. Come on now. My wife's like, I, I can't believe you're saying this. But it's a perfect illustration for understanding when, when belief comes into um, a, a, a circumstance and, and, and the reaction of the person is, do they really believe what it is they say they believe? So we're um, driving down the road, and it's, you know, right up here, we're heading to the house. 
And um, this lady uh, stopped at the stop sign and everything. We were on Waterloo Road getting ready to turn on 183. Uh, and this lady, you know, she goes all legally and everything, goes through uh, the stop sign, and we pull out and we're falling behind her. Um, I'm, I'm the guy that always makes fun of people who with bumper stickers. So please don't put any stupid bumper stickers on your, your cars because I will make fun of you. Um, but this is one of my favorite bumper stickers that everybody in here, I'm sure, has seen. It's the coexist bumper sticker. And, and oh, now here, hear me out on this. I'm not saying that, 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 that we should engage ourselves in jihad or whatever. But just looking at a, a coexist bumper sticker, if you have any sense of anything in which you're trying to believe in, you realize that three out of those seven uh, uh, religions there, all three of those say that they cannot coexist with, with any other of, of them. So, I mean, right off the, 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 the bat, I look at this and if you have a coexist bumper sticker, get a razor and take it off, like tonight. Because I look at this as a bumper sticker that says, I'm ignorant. I, and I don't want to be crass, but, but this, look at this. It's saying, well, let's all just coexist. Let's all hold hands and sing kumbaya. All right? Would we all agree that that's what they're trying to promote? Like, why can't we all just get along? And let's just do all this, do life together and, and, and everything. My wife's covering her face because she knows what's coming. I'm, I'm, I, I, I see this bumper sticker, and my wife already saw the bumper sticker too. She didn't say anything yet, but I, I, I said, hmm, okay. Well, the story gets better. This lady, and it, has no, it could have been a guy, but there was a guy in the passenger seat, but this lady that, that pulled out in front, there was a, a van that was in front of, of her. Well, this van was going probably, I don't know, 35 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour down 183. And I proceeded to see the lady with the coexist bumper sticker on her car shaking her hand out the window at the van in front of her because she was going too slow. And I, I literally almost peed my pants. I was laughing so hard. I'm thinking, okay, wait a second, lady. You're, you're, you're telling the world that we all can exist all together, no matter what anybody does or what anybody believes or anything, except, except when it directly affects you. Right? And that's the thing. I love this, this illustration because a lot of people believe a lot of things, and it's easy to believe things from afar. But when that comes right up to you and looks you in the face, what is it that you truly believe? This lady that was in front of me, I'm just, I'm thinking that it wasn't even her car. I mean, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. She had no idea that the sticker was on the back. <laughs> Whatever. It was just funny, though, because... It was that illustration like, okay, I'm confronted with a, a situation. I believe this, but this is in front of me, and what am I going to do? That's what we need to understand, and that's what we have to, to uh, wrap our head around when, we, when we're talking about our beliefs. What, what do you believe? What, what is it that you're saying, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but when you're presented with, with a, a situation, what do you do? Now, that situation may be something trivial, like somebody going slow in front of you, or it may be something tragic, like the, 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 what happened 15 years ago. What is it that you do? Well, in that funny story, I, I think that there is that, that lesson of what will you do, how will you stand up for your beliefs? Will you say one thing plaster it all over the place, walk around prideful, but then when you're faced with that opposition, do something different. Well, I think that all comes down to the view in which you have of God. Now, my plan is to get into the four different views of God today that Americans have. If we don't get there, we'll just continue it next week because I think that, again, before we get there, we got to understand this belief thing. And I think the best way to understand this belief thing is answering this question that, are you willing to stand up for your belief? Are you willing to stand up for your belief? Um, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, one of, is in Daniel chapter 3. So if you've got a Bible, turn to Daniel chapter 3. 
In Daniel chapter 3, we're going we're gonna to see three individuals, three men that were willing to stand up for their faith. Uh, to bring you up to speed a little bit of what's happening um, in, in the book of Daniel, um, the Babylonian captivity has taken place. When I say the Babylonian captivity, so the, the army, the Chaldeans went over to uh, Palestine, to Jerusalem, and um, uh, they, they took it and they kidnapped people. They, they kidnapped the, the, some of the Jewish people and brought them back to, to Babylon. So they displaced a, a large group of, of people. Among those groups, or among those people, were um, those that were, let's say, learned. They, they had education because the, uh, the, the government, the Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar, the whole, the whole nine yards here, the, these, these, uh, the government thought, well, what we can do is we can use their smart people and teach them our ways to keep them from, you know, like rebelling. Well, as we'll see, um, plan didn't work. But what we have is among those learned um, individuals, these three, these three men. Are they boys? Maybe they're, they're boys. Maybe they're in their late teens, early 20s. I, I don't know exactly. But we, we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We see the, the, these men that, that were uh, displaced from their own land. Being displaced from their own land, it would be easy for them to conform to the, the, the culture in which they were in. But we're going to see that they're going to take a stand. So uh, what, what, what happens is, and I'll give you a little preface so we can skip some of these verses. Um, better yet, I'm going to read it. God's words are a whole lot better than my words. So if anybody says, hey, what'd you do in church today? We read a whole chapter of the Bible. So Daniel chapter 3, verse 1, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth six cubits. He set it on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to, the, to gather the satraps and the prefects and the governors and the counselors and the treasurers and the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the, promise, the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that the king, that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So everybody, all the important people, everybody came here. It was visible. This was visual. Everybody could see this. Everybody. Then the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipes, and every kind, I think there's a banjo in there too, but in every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, harmonica, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So, big statue. Nebuchadnezzar said, okay, when you hear the music, you're going to bow down and you're going to worship this statue. What we need to understand is the people that were taken from Jerusalem, there are a, a, a people that believe in Yahweh. There are people that have a, they're a monotheistic people. They have, a, they have one God. They have been uh, given that, that there should be no idols before me. That's what God gave them in the Ten Commandments. This is an idol. They're being presented, they're saying, what is being presented before them is, okay, you are to, are to bow down. The king says, you have to bow down and forsake what it is that you believe, because this is what I'm telling you what needs to happen. They were presented with that obstacle. This is the van in front of the, the lady with the coexist sticker, right? They're, they're presented with this obstacle, Therefore, at, this, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. 
You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipes, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews among you, among, or I'm sorry, there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon. So, Real quick, he, he's saying, he, they're saying here that there's, there's these special Jews, the, the learned ones that you've actually put into places of office for a specific purpose, saying that, wait a second, they're, they're paying no attention to you. Their, their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men. Um, o king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So, Okay, let, let, let's pause for a second because what we have here now is the king, he made this decree and he says, okay, this is what's got to happen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, I ain't going to do it. So we have a, a, a belief system here and a belief system here that are going to converge. Much like what we had on, on 9-11, two belief systems converging. What we're going to see here is the result of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar in furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready to hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the dragon, the harp, bagpipes, and every kind of musical instrument, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? So, the king, he says, all right. Bring them to me. They were brought to the king. They're standing in front of the king. And, and just, just picture this. This is not just somebody, if I say, go, you know, go bring Bobby and Ogre to me. I want to talk to them. Totally different. If you're brought before the king, that's not a good thing. The king can, can take your life with just a word. They're brought before the king here, and, and the king says, all right, is this true? In my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe the king really didn't want to, to believe that it was true because these guys were in important positions with inside of uh, the, the kingdom here. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, is this true? Because if, it, if, it's, if it's not true, all you got to do is uh, just, just bow down. Hear the music, bow down. And, and we'll just you know, act like no, nothing ever happened. Given, I'll, I'll give you another chance to, to, to do this. I think that that's, you know, that, that's kind of uh, the way in which things work in our, in our lives. We're presented, sometimes we're presented with something that is, we know that is not right, and we say no. Well, then what happens is the devil takes it and kind of dresses it up a little bit better and says, well, how about this? Because, you know, God really doesn't, doesn't want what's best for you. King Nebuchadnezzar, he doesn't say this in Scripture, but I, I, I'm thinking that, you know, he, he's, he's looking at these guys, and he's like, you know, it would be really easy for you. All you, got, all you got to do, I won't tell anybody. All you got to do is just bow down. I mean, because I made the law, and you, you, you have to abide by the law. I mean, I can't just, like, let it go. But then he says that statement, and who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? This is a statement which Nebuchadnezzar, he will, will uh, regret one day, but um, he, 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 he takes and he puts himself in this um, position uh, 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 of uh, um, ultimate authority. He, he says that there, he in essence is saying, there, what God is more powerful than, than, than me? Nebuchadnezzar himself thought he was a god. That was common throughout the, the, this time, you know, ancient Near East culture. He says, what God is more powerful than me that's going to be able to, to rescue you out of my hands? Because what's going to happen is I'm going to throw you into this fiery furnace. Who's going to save you? What are you going to do about that? 
And then we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answer him. It says, they said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Which, pause. Bold. I, I say gutsy. The three of them, Jews exiled into the king's land, standing in front of the king. Can the king, says, can the king say, off with your head? Absolutely. And when questioned, they say, well, we don't really need to answer you. Is that arrogance? I don't think so. I think it's confidence. We're going to see why. Because he says, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, which I love those words, but if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Pause. So they answer the question. They say, well, we don't really need to answer this question, but just to humor you, O Nebuchadnezzar, who's going to be a wild man soon. Um, o Nebuchadnezzar, here, here's the deal. Our God, whom we serve, is able to kick your butt to China and back easily. He's the one who is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. It's not like we're going to squirm our way out of ropes or we're not going to be able to act a certain way or we're not going to be able to achieve some kind of stardom that we're going to be invincible. It's only going to be by God himself, the God whom which we serve. That's, that's, who, that's, how we're, that's, that's the God in which we serve. That's God that is going to be able to, to deliver, us, deliver us from this. <coughs> Then there's verse 18. Verse 18, I think, is where a lot of us live a lot of times, but we don't understand it. But we need to understand it better. Verse 18 says, but if not. If you highlight or write in your Bible, um, highlight, underline, circle, put big arrows, whatever, to this. But if not. Be it known to you, O king, that, he will not, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. <coughs> Excuse me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when confronted with this, with confronted with death, they knew that God could deliver them. They knew that God was more powerful than any king, that he was more powerful than any fiery furnace. They knew that it was up to God. And I love these words because they say, but if not. But if not. If God chooses not to deliver us from the fiery furnace, it's not going to change my belief in him. This is where where the rubber meets the road, for lack of better terms. This is where, when it all comes down to, when on 15 years ago, when those, those planes smashed into the buildings, when the plane smashed into the Pentagon, when it hit the ground in Pennsylvania, some would say, well, that just proves that there's not a loving God. No, that doesn't prove that there's not a loving God. That proves that there's a sinful world. That's what that proves. Is God in control? You had better believe it, that God is in control. This here, when, when, when um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are facing this fiery furnace, they say, God can deliver us, but it's up to him if he chooses to or not. Some of us would sit, will sit there and say, well, how can that really be a loving God to let them go through that? Well, I, Isaiah tells us, you know, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Sometimes... God has a bigger and better plan. Does it take some of the, the suffering that, that happens in our lives for his plan to be um, seen or his plans to be executed? Yeah. Is that unloving or is that unfair? I, I don't think so. Because what happens is we try to rationalize things in the way in which we can understand it in humanistic terms. We cannot see eternity. We, we cannot see this big picture 
We see this as little sliver. And even in that little sliver, we see the, even a tinier uh, 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 film that, that is the, the present. And what we need to do is we need to understand that the, the present situation in which we're in is not, um, it, it's not as if God doesn't care. And it's not as, as if God is disengaged from his creation. But we have to understand that we're just a little piece in all of this. God's plan is so much bigger than everything. Will we endure some hard times? Yeah. Now, I know that that's not a motivational speech that, that, that people like to hear. Everybody wants to be happy, wealthy, and wise. Well, sometimes what has to happen is we've got to go through the fiery furnace through the trials so God can be the, the, the victor, the, the victorious one. He's the one that can get all the, of the honor and the glory and the praise. It's, it's not pleasant and it's not any less real. And I'm not saying to you, you know, suck it up, buttercup. No, it's when you're in that, that time, you still have to, you have to hold on to those three words, but if not, just because God allows us to go through something difficult it doesn't mean that he's not there with us as we're going through the difficult time. Look at this as it goes on. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression on his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it, usually, it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men bound, were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the, king, the king's orders was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. So, obviously, Nebuchadnezzar did not like the response in which uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. It says that, that, that his face changed. The expression on his face changed. It goes from being something that, it, that, that he's like, okay, here, I'm giving you another chance. They're saying, nah, hey, thanks, but no thanks. We're not going to compromise our beliefs just because of comfort. That, that's, that's difficult for us. Don't raise hands, don't point fingers, but just ask yourself, how many times do you compromise your belief because of comfort? Well, it'll be awkward if I say this, or if I do this, or if I act this way, or I don't. I, I, okay. I'm sure it was pretty uncomfortable being thrown into a fiery furnace. I'm sure it was pretty uncomfortable hanging naked on a cross. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the furnace? And they answered and said to the king, true dat, O king. That's what I'm thinking, right? That's what Bobby's version says. True, O king. He answered and said, but I see four. I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. So, okay, he's kind of, he, he's befuddled a little bit. He's, wait a second, I, I know that we, we, we threw in three. Right, right, we, 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 threw, we threw in three, right? Yeah, yeah, king, we, we threw in three. But, but I, I, I see four. Hmm. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning, fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Um, notice a little bit of a change here. How did he refer to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God before this, this trial in which they went through? As just a God. If you look in your Bible, it's small letter G, God. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is saying, servants of the most high God. Um, he, he's starting to rethink things a little bit. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselor gathered together and saw that the fire had not 
had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. So they, they went into the fire. They were met in this fire, and they, then when they were brought out of this fire, they were okay. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes the fiery furnace is what is needed so God's glory can be seen. You have the, a, a, a ruler of, of this known world, Babylon. I mean, this is the, they, they ruled the whole region. They ruled the, the, the whole world at this point. You had the, 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 this king who thought his stuff didn't stink. He thought that he was in control of everything. But because of the faithfulness and standing up for the beliefs of, the, the, of these three men, these three men standing up for their beliefs, they changed the heart not only of a king, but of, 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 of a people. Granted, did they fall back into, it, uh, into sin afterwards? Yeah, because sin is, is a powerful thing. But there was a reality that took place. The reality was that even though the, the, these things that we have to go through in our lives, these tragedies that are real to us, even though we have to go through those sometimes, maybe we don't want to, but even though we, when we go through them, what, what, what is the, the purpose in them is that so at the other end, God can get the glory. That doesn't mean the time that we're going through that, 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 that tragedy or that fire or whatever it may be, the, the trial, the tribulation, is not uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that, 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 that we are going to end up just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, not even have any kind of smell or any kind of effect of the, the fire. Maybe if we go, when we go through a, a fiery trial and we come out the other end, we're, we're singeing and smoldering a little bit, we're patting, but we're, we're, we're through. Maybe we do smell like smoke a little bit. Nonetheless, the fiery trial is to show that God is still in control. I, I love the, one of the things or the reasons why I love this story so much is this is um, what, what is thought to, to be a, a, a Christophany, um, big word for, for meaning um, a, an appearance of Christ before he was born. So while they were in this trial, who showed up? While they were in this, this furnace, who showed up? Jesus did. But it wasn't until they were in the trial that he showed up. Too many times what happens is when we're faced with the trial, we're like, okay, how can I avoid this? You know, Jesus, take this from me. Where are you at? Well, he's, he's where he's always been, at the right hand of the Father. Where are you at? Are you where he wants you to be? Are you going to stand up for your belief? Or are you going to cower? You cower away from whatever situation and say, well, I'm just going to take the easy road. And then say, God, where were you? You weren't there for me. No, he was there for you. He was waiting for you inside that trial. He was there because he wanted to be there to, to see you through it. Sometimes we, we pray that, you know, God... You know, take this, this trial, the, 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 take the, whatever this bad situation, this, this circumstance away. Well, it, it's probably, and I'll, I'll be confident and say this, most of the time it's not his plan to take things away. It's his plan to help you through it. Because we are stubborn. 
Not just dudes in here. We all are stubborn, and it takes a lot for us to learn. If we always got what we want, if we always, if God gave us everything that we thought we needed, all we would be is spoiled little brats. And I know, I mean, there, there, there are people in here that, that you have friends that spoil their kids, and you just don't like hanging out with those people because their kids are just spoiled brats. Well, how much more would that be for us if God just gave us everything that we wanted and didn't allow us to, to, to learn from the, the mistakes? God never leaves us. The Bible's clear that God never leaves us or will never leave us nor forsake us. The, 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 uh, the psalmist, David, he, the King David, he, he writes in, in Psalm 139, you know, no matter where I go, you're always there. The highest of high to the lowest of low, you're always there. Even when I'm in the, in the depths of Sheol, you're there. When I'm on the highest mountain peak, you're there. So we, we need to keep that in mind. So when, when, when we are, are the lady that's following behind the, the, the minivan and we're saying, I believe this, are we going to be waving our hands out the window in, in conflict, in total opposition to what it is we say we believe? Or are we going to say, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you know what, my God's greater this may be uncomfortable. This may take some more time because I've got to follow behind this slow minivan, whatever. But I am going to live my life as he is still on the throne and he will always be on the throne. So, but if not, it ain't going to change anything, I believe. That's where we've got to live. No matter if planes crash into a building and it's a real thing, no matter what you are faced with, what I am faced with, what is going to happen? What, what, how are we going to answer that question? Are you willing to stand for your belief? Not knowing. Because I'm convinced Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego did not know if God was going to deliver them. Could he? Absolutely. Would he? They didn't know. That's where we live. We live and we serve a God who can. But we also have to understand, is it his will? And we don't need to be fearful of that. We need to live our life in confidence saying, God can do this. I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to go for it. Because my God is greater than any other God. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we uh, thank you for who you are. Uh, God, I, I pray that, that your words went forth because your words do not return void. Um, God, as we continually press into you, as we're confronted with uh, what it is that we do believe and what we do with that, God, I pray that we can stand firm in, uh, in, in understanding that even if it's your, your will for us to go through something that's going to be difficult or uncomfortable, even if that is what you want or that you see that is needed, God, my, my prayer is that we take that step and then we welcome your presence and say, God, just get me through this. Get me through whatever it is that I'm going through. Lord, things aren't easy. We know that. God, we know that tragedy happens. We don't understand why what happened 15 years ago happened. We can say because it's you know, a, a religion, war, okay, fine. But in the grand scheme of things, how is this part of your plan? Only you know that. What we need to do is be faithful to you and stand that, you know, even though I don't understand what I do understand is that he's still on the throne. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we continue to welcome you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and worship.